Amen, amen, amen. So, um, so we, we've, been, uh, we've been going through this. We are finishing prayer and the believer today. Um, we talked about uh, the definition of prayer, the nature, how do we practice prayer, prayer, we uh, talked about act, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. We uh, talked about the hindrance of prayer. Okay, the speaker is there. Uh, why do we struggle with prayer? And uh, at the end, we said, God is sovereign. He will answer our prayers. He is always listening. And today, I want to conclude... <clears throat> prayer with going through Psalm 86. So in your Bibles, please join me in reading a prayer of David, Psalm 86. And we will dissect, well, we'll cut it. We won't dissect. We will cut it a little bit. The Psalm 86, a prayer of David. And I'm reading from uh, the ESV, and what I have up there is the ESV. A prayer of David, verse 1. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant, who trusts in you, you are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiven, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. There's none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is steadfast love towards me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, insolent men have risen upon against me. And have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seeks my life, and they do not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see 
and be put to the shame because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. The word of the Lord. Amen, right? It's the prayer of David. And I want to go through it as a summary of prayer, as a helpful lesson on prayer. And uh, we see an earnest and heartfelt cry of a man who is desperate, in a desperate situation, and coming to God, who he knows well. And I have four questions that I want to answer today, and I want us to discuss today. The first one is, why should we pray? The second, to whom should we pray? The third is, how should we pray? And the fourth, last but not least, what should we pray for? And I want to go through all that prayer of David with you today. Okay, so David has 15 different requests from God or for God in those 17 verses. He, and he just pours and he just blah, blah, blah. It's like when we were desperate, he just, ah, I want to do it, I want to do it. And I don't know, when you, you see, usually a kid comes and he's, he's very, um, he wants to share something with you. And he just goes, blah, blah, blah. and you're like, I have no idea what you just said. And that's how, when I first read this, I felt that David was just, blah. and sometimes I pray to God that way. And after I get it out, I go back and say, okay, what did I just ask God? Because I just vented. And I feel that he started venting with God. So let's go to the first one. Why should we pray? Anyone, what do you see in that, in that psalm? What should we pray? Let's go to, go to the first verse. Go to the first verse. 86, Psalm 86. Yes, sir. Okay. But go to the first verse. Do you have your Bible with you? No. Okay, why not? Now, I want you out of the building then. (laughs) Verse first. First verse. Yes, sir. Tony, you have it? Yeah, no, I was going to say we'll pray about that. Yeah, we pray pray for you, brother. (laughs) Uh Aha. Incline your ear, O Lord. Answer me in my version. <clears throat> For I am, it says, poor in yours. Mine says, afflicted and needy. Needy. He cries out to God. Go to verse 2. Anyone? Uh-huh. I pray, preserve my life. I'm needy. I'm afflicted. Why do we pray? Psalm 86. Psalm 86. Yes, ma'am. Now, why should we pray? Why are we praying? Why is he praying? What is he praying? Why am I praying? Why is he praying? He's praying because he's afflicted. He's needed. 
He's needy. What about um, verse 7? In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. So what should we pray? He was praying because he was in trouble. Do we pray when we're in trouble? It's interesting. It's interesting because <clears throat> many times we get into a situations and we hear someone, oh, the only thing that's left is to pray. It's like, what? That's the last thing that's left to do. We haven't done it, so now let's start praying. Como? How about uh, verse 14? He's been chased, right? Oh God, insolent men, not Lewis, have risen upon against me. A band of ruthless men seeks my life. He could have stopped there. But he says, and they do not set you before them. He's deeply aware of his great need and drove him to earnestly pray to God. And we talked about that a couple Sundays ago. Pray without ceasing. And we'll talk about that again in one of the, the questions. But the truth is, and this is the application, we're needy. We all are. What? Does it hurt? You want to say something, Troy? Yes. What should we pray? Mm -hmm. Correct. <laughs> Good job. Yes. Right. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to miss that because that's a different question. That's a different. That's an answer to a different question. What I want to get to is how needy we are. Because I think the answer you guys are giving me is the answer to whom I pray. He is the answer. He gives me. He's the one who provides. But if we don't realize that we are needy, that we are in trouble, that we have a problem, that we've been chased, why do I even pray? And I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just adding to it. Because the point I'm trying to make is, we're prideful. And the truth is that pride gets in the way of our realization of our greatest need. And I want to make the point that David realizes I'm needy. And that we need that dependency in God but if we don't realize it, you don't know what you don't know. And by the grace of God, I'm looking around, all of us here have realized that we're needy. And we came to God in repentance. And we pray to Him. And we thank Him for chasing us. And I, I was sharing with Astrid yesterday, uh, John Bunyan, 
said, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. Isn't that awesome? You, cannot, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. I read it four different times. And I'm like, the first time I, I didn't get it. But then I read it again. It's like, duh, it's so simple. And that's the point. And the point I'm trying to make of realizing that we're needy. Yes. Yes, ma'am. When we're not in need. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Correct. I agree. Yeah. And, and most people don't realize their need because they're basically good. I'm good. I'm not as bad as that other person or, you know, whatever. I'll be with you in a second. So they say, no, I'm, surely I'm not perfect, but I'm good enough. And that's the problem. And I think you get into it. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Because we put ourselves higher than God. Yes. And, and, and the, the thing is that that happens constantly. But it happens even when we come to him. That's why, that's what it, Peter says, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Um, actually, I'm going to read it. First Peter 5.8. No, that's, uh, be sober mind and be watcher. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. You know, we've been chased. David was chased by a group of men who wanted to kill him. The devil chases us. Because he wants to kill us. He doesn't want us with God. The same thing in Paul says, um, we don't recognize in, in Galatians 5.17. I read it too. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So we, we also struggle even when we are in the Lord. And we don't realize our need. Oh, because I'm already with Christ. So, why should we pray? We should pray because we have great needs. Number two. For the, yes. The Psalm 86 and, and some applications, yeah. But you can add whatever you want, Mike. You're so awesome. You're so great. Your, your, your white hair says wisdom. Okay. From, it just, I, I wanted to give it all, but that's okay. That's fine. We're also commanded to. And I add to it. The moment that you realize that he was God, that he was your Savior, you realized, I'm needy. 
That's all I'm, that's all I'm, it's, we're, we're saying the same thing. We're adding to it. And I think the point he's making, yes, we're commanded. But we're commanded to do a lot of other stuff. And we don't do it. Yes. And, but this is one that connects us to him directly. Number two. To whom shall we pray? And we're going to pray to the only true God, great in power, love, grace, and mercy. Let's go to our verse 5. Who can read verse 5? And then someone can read verse 15. Mm-hmm. Who has 15? It's the adoration. And David, David in, in verses 8 and through 10 says, There is no one like you among liturgy gods. O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship you, worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are big G God. Seven times in the psalm, he calls God Lord, Adonai, Lord. You call Mike your Lord? Never once have she said, Mike, you are my Lord. Astrid says it all the time, <laughs> but not to me. <laughs> he says, Adonai, Lord. I imagine David in his knees, going, Lord. Emphasizes God's lordship and sovereignty. He made the nations. He has ordained that they will come and worship him. It's going to happen. It says, right? Every, every knee shall bow. Everyone. Those who love him and those who don't. And I think David referred liturgy gods to idols, to anything that gets in the way of our love to God. We see that references in 2 Corinthians, for those of you taking notes, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, John 12.31, and 1 John 5.19. Paul talks about the many principalities and authorities on earth. The spiritual warfare that we live every single day. But David says God is great. God is true God, great in power. <coughs> Greater is he who is in you than who is in the world. We talked about that four or five Sundays ago. Greater is he. Do you think of that? Do you understand that when you pray, when you live your life, that greater is he who is in you? We struggle mightily because we want to solve our problems ourselves. And then there's nothing else to do but pray. Number two, number B on, on, the, on the number two, God is great in love, grace, and mercy. So he says, 
God is your only true God, great in power, but also God is great in love, grace, and mercy. He says this twice in verse 3 and 16. Grace, be gracious to me. So, so you have grace, O Lord. Give me grace. And in 16, it says, turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maid servant. I was reading this, and I don't remember me ever asking God to give me his strength. I've asked for his wisdom, for his joy, but I don't remember ever asking, give me your strength. And here is David saying, be gracious, give me your strength. I have no power. Only in you, Lord. So I changed how I'm going to pray from now on. Give me your power, Lord. I want your power. Anyone, anything you want to add? He is citing Exodus 34, 6 and 7. He's not been very, he's sort of like repeating some of the prayers he uses or he's praying what we should do, pray the Bible. He's praying what he knows of God. So he repeats Exodus 34, 6 and 7. It says, Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, O God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So he is citing Moses. The Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious. David uses that to appeal to God to answer his prayer. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. How many times do we pray the Old Testament? Hmm? God is great in love, grace, and mercy. God is always inviting us. Come. Come. I'm gracious. Steadfast in love. Anything else there? Let's move along. No? Anyone? Really? Lewis? Okay. Number three. Number three. How shall we pray? Oops. How should we pray? We should pray once a year. Only when I'm in need. Only when still a lot of month at the end of the money. That's the point. We made, we made that point earlier, right? Half an hour ago, we made that point. Well, I have five different sub-points here. Very quick. And I want to start with the fifth. Pray in humility. Pray in humility. David prayers permeates that. Yes, ma'am. It's okay. 
Now, this is David. Let's, let's put the context of what's happening. So David, the servant of God, a man after God's own heart, blessed by God, chosen specifically by God, but he's been chased. He wants, people want to kill him. But he doesn't come to God and say, I am this guy and you need a demand of God. Like sometimes we do. Look what I've done for you. Now you owe me. Quid pro quo. Scratch your back, you scratch me, mine. And it's your time to scratch mine, God. Come on. No, he doesn't say, after all the years I've served you, I deserve better than living in caves. Right? So he humbles himself to come to God and ask him. He prays to God to be gracious to him. He refers to himself as God's servant. Have you ever referred to yourself God, I'm your servant? Don't answer. God, I'm your servant. The son of his handmaid or God um, made servant. He admits he's afflicted and needy. He admits his weakness by asking God to grant him strength. So the king needs to convey that God, you are in control, not me. I am king, but I need you. So he prayed in humility. He prayed earnestly. It was intensity that oozes out of the entire prayer. He is aware of his great need. If God doesn't answer, David knows that he's in trouble. But he knows that God will answer. And he prays earnestly. He cries out from his heart to God to save him. And sometimes, until we get to that point, we don't see God. That desperate time that you say, God, I need you. Help! He wasn't just going through. I father heard He was pouring his heart to God. He prayed continuously. He continuously prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. We're called to pray without ceasing. He said it 167,000 times. For unto you I cry all day long, he says in verse 3. All day long. He prayed thankfully. Verse 12. I will give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. With all my heart. And we're called to give thanks in everything. In all circumstances. But we can't give thanks to the Lord in everything until we're submissive to him.
until we recognize that we're needy. And the last point in that point, pray in faith. Verse 2, verse 2, he says, sorry, I lost my, preserve my life for I am godly, Savior servant who trusts in you. You are my God in faith. I trust you. I trust you. And in 7, he says, in the day of my trouble, I come upon you. For you answer me. I know you answer. And in 13, for great is your steadfast love towards me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. In faith. He's seen trials. He's seen a lot. But he has faith that the Lord will deliver him. Last point. Number four. What should we pray for? Should pray for salvation. For joy in trials. That's hard. For a teachable, obedient, single-minded, reverent heart. And for God's glory and supremacy over all. It's a bunch of stuff there that it's... Uh, that gives us enough to go through the end of the year, but we're going to do it in the next 10 minutes. We pray for salvation. Of course, he is praying for a different salvation than ours. But we're praying for salvation, and that's an application. He is asking God to save him. In that particular context, he's been chased. People want to kill him. Pray for God to save you from his judgment. So salvation is. We're saved from his wrath. Praying for salvation. Jesus came as the Savior. He did not come to save decent people. <laughs> that just needs a, a boost in the self-esteem. He came to take the judgment of the real God. Number two, pray for joy in trials. A lot of us, a lot of you are going through very difficult trials. And some of you have learned the joy of the Lord and have said, I didn't know the joy of the Lord until I faced this and that. Are we ready to pray for joy in trials? Pray for a teachable, obedient, single-minded, reverent heart. And I took this from, from something I was reading. And I was going to give credit to the guy, and I didn't write his name. <laughs> My bad. But I thought it was great. Teachable, obedient, single-minded, reverent heart. And it's, uh, it's on verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart 
to fear your name. God is love. He is. But fear his name. Wow. In any trial, a teachable heart is essential. Ask God what you should be learning about him in that difficult situation. About yourself also. Instinctively, we all pray for a quick deliverance. Yes, I don't want to. I don't want pain. I don't want pain in my in my life. I don't want pain in my heart and my toe and my head and whatever it is. But God is in that pain. Pray for God's glory and supremacy overall. All nations, verse nine. You have made, shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. I give thanks to you, number 12. O Lord, my God, with all my heart and will glorify your name forever. For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive, and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. I've been talking a lot. Anything you want to add before we close this? And this is a quote that I always I saw. It says, from President Lincoln, who came to know Christ personally through the burdens that he faced during the Civil War. He says that it was, he wrote, I have been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had absolutely no other place to go. So, why do we pray? Because we're needy. Whom do we pray to? To the only one God. How should we pray? Without ceasing. And what should we pray? For salvation, for joint trials, for being my Lord. Yes. For God's glory and supremacy are over all. Anything, anyone? No? Are we going to pray without ceasing? Yes! Don't stop praying. You don't need a litany of words and things. Just come to the Lord as you are. No, Tony, you don't need makeup. You don't even need a haircut. You come to him because he is Adonai. He is Lord. Yes, ma'am. Because we love him. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Those are... We never will, right? Why does he have to be so difficult? No, no, it does make sense. It does make sense. And to me, and I can only talk about me and my, is that realization of life is more than. I always come back to this is, we live in spiritual warfare. And if you don't understand what it is, let's talk. But we do, it is there. It's biblical. And it is important for us to realize 
that that is the world that we live in. And our need is greater than just our physical plane. And until you realize that, until you really make it part of your, of your psyche, that it's just not 9 to 5, 9 to 10, whatever you work, whatever you have, whatever it is that you can see, that it's beyond that, you're missing the point. You need to understand it. And you need to understand that eternity is a long time. It's not the average lifespan of the American citizen. 80 years is nothing. It's nothing compared to eternity. But we need to slow down. We need to let our hair down. We need to stop and destroy the facade that we built to realize that. And until you do that, you will only be focused on you. And it ain't you, guys. It's God. What you have is not yours. It's his. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, 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 you do not know. What you want is not what he wants. It could. And that is growing in faith. That is the... the sanctification process. But you need to move along. You need to move. And he wants you to move. And it starts in prayer. And no, it doesn't depend on you and your husband, you and your kid. It's you. But I have to wait for it. No, you don't. But, 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 but what? And that's importance. Of you coming on Sundays. This is awesome. But why do you come on Sundays? Don't answer. Is it a club? Is it to make you feel better? All that happens. But it's not the important part. Anything else? No? Osborne, will you mind closing us in prayer? Is dismissed.